get myself situated here. We sounding good, clear, everything okay out there? All right. Yeah, what a what a good song there. You know what? Thankful for God's presence. And um, that lamb didn't last. I know. I wasn't going to bring it up today, but it didn't make it. So, and um, one of the, okay, one of the things in my life is that I never knew how to lose something so frequently as when you deal with livestock or you realize how precious and fragile life really is. And it's here in a moment, and it's gone in a moment. And, um, and so it takes a real shift of your thinking. I did not grow up farming. I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. And uh, so the thing is, is when I moved here almost 25 years ago, yeah, we're going to farm. And it has been fascinating. But any animal I've had, I've also lost its offspring. And I've also seen them grow up and be vibrant and alive and, you know, grow into that cow and have more offspring. So there's a great pleasure that can come with it, but you also get both sides of the spectrum when you're dealing with that. So, uh, so yeah, so I didn't, didn't, it didn't make it. But there's more to come. There's more ewes, and uh, there's more babies that will be born in the, for the rest of those sheep throughout the season here into the fall. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what comes of that uh, again. And um, goats are going to be uh, giving their kids probably in November. Um, we've got, let's see, this week I had, talking about, I had 273 baby chicks delivered this weekend. Um, <laughs> I've got 180 that are out on pasture, and they'll be going in two weeks. I have another 50 specific Delaware laying hens that will come next Friday as one-day-old chicks. So right presently, I have about 900 chickens on the farm. Um, and, and if you were to come, they're not running all over the place. People go, well, where are they at? And they're, you know, hutch, 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 way out on that ridge. Turkeys are way out on that ridge. Other meat birds are way out on that ridge. And everybody lives in a structure that can be towed. So everything gets a brand new grass floor wherever it goes. So nothing stays permanent. And you guys are getting more than you asked for right now. So, see, you, I know, see, see that's it. You got to be careful. You got to be careful. Goodness. But, um. Uh, And we are here to talk about that lamb today, the lamb of God, okay? And the lamb that transforms us and moves us, and it too had to lose its life so we could have the hope that we have today. Well, that was an impromptu message, but, uh, but, it, but it's good, it's good. Uh, so yes, the week was full, kind of sharing with all those chickens and everything, so uh, I just want to continue on with that moment we had in worship there of Holy Spirit with your presence. So as you're just sitting comfortable, I want you, if you can, provided you don't have elbows or shoulder injuries or past uh, you know, health concerns, I would like you just to take your arms and just to, to gently just reach 
and, and literally stretch them like you're going to reach the ceiling. And, just, and then just gently lay them back and just cross them and let them rest on your chest. Holy Spirit, we've invited your presence through song. We sense you're moving among us. Lord, these people of one hope just need to hear from you and all that you're about to do in the story of this community of faith. I ask that you fuel them this morning, that you speak into their hearts and their minds. You encourage them to take the next step and to be the people that you've called them to be, Lord. We ask this in your precious name. Amen. So I looked at this week and uh, I asked myself, do I want to just go back and speak a talk that I've shared before speaking or pastoring? And, and I said, oh, I don't know. And so I got reading a little article and I said, oh, that's a good one. And so this week I feel like God gave me just a little drop-in of what I'm going to share with you today. And, um, and so then I went back and I looked through and, and, and read some of the text of the Scripture. But I titled today's talk, Saving Animals by Telling Their Stories. Saving Animals by Telling Their Stories. This week... I had the opportunity to pick up, uh, well, I get it in the mail, National Geographic, okay? Been getting it for years. Uh, 80% of the time, I will read National Geographic um, from cover to cover, but 60% of it's pictures, okay? So, uh, uh, but no, it, it, it's fast, and sometimes I'll get one and I'll look at it and it just doesn't keen my interest and it goes over to the side, and other times it just really intrigues me. Well, this particular um, magazine has an article of the whole magazine is about species of animals that are going to become extinct. They just will no longer exist on planet Earth with you and I. And so there's an article here by the photographer, his name is Cole Sartor, and he started a project in 2006 taking photographs of animals that are on the critical extinction list, of animals that don't look like they're going to make it, in the sense that they just will no longer exist. And since 2006... He has phot photographed 10,000 different animals that are on the critical extinction list, and some of them are gone. And uh, his desire is to uh, get 15,000 animals. He calls his little project Photo Ark, A-R-K, sort of like Noah. And so uh, he says for an animal to be restored, you have to tell its story. Everything has a story. I didn't think animals had that much of a story. We can raise them. 
can hurt our hearts, we can lose them. We grieve. We give these animals human attributes in our lives as we work with them and care for them. But our animals have a story. So I thought today with a couple pictures of uh, some ducks that I have, I'd share their story. And the story of these particular animals, you got that picture? Yeah, these are, um, this is a Dutch hookbill. Um, a piece of its story is it was probably recognized about 2,000 years ago in Asia to India. And it has a unique hooked bill. And it's coloring with the white on its front shouldered breast makes it a unique looking little duck. And about four to five hundred years ago in the Netherlands, on the northern canals, that duck was farmed very heavily as a farm duck. And that duck then would be let go from the farms, but it's an incredible forager. It loves to eat the pond uh, uh, protozoa and all that good stuff and algae in those ponds. They're pond cleaners, really major pond cleaners. And so the thing is, is that duck story, they would let it go from the farms, it would fly out to the canals, and it would clean the ponds, and then it would fly back to the farms. But the hunters were, would, not, would not shoot it, would not take it down. And so when you recognize that these animals have some fascinating stories. And this right here is one of my little Dutch hookbills. Okay? I hope it don't poop on me. Um, they're a small bird, a phenomenal, beautiful wing. Uh, in its coloring. Okay. Can you notice the difference in the hook and the bill? Okay. It allows it to plow under soil in muck in ponds to capture more slugs more effectively. So when you start to hear the stories of animals, when you start to hear the stories Way to go, you tell them. Of how they once were. Now this particular duck, it was Mother's Day. And um, I told my wife, we were talking, and I says, what would you think of if we did one more conservation project on our farm? We, we, we raise a lot of animals that you eat. But to conserve an animal that's, that's rare... This particular bird is on the critical extinction list. There was only 20 of them brought to the United States in 2000 from Europe. Uh, there's maybe about 1,500 of these ducks in Europe, and there's only 400 in the United States. I own seven of them. It took me four months to find a breeder to, uh, to get this duck. And they live in my little duck sanctuary. I hear I hear They live in my little duck sanctuary. And uh, they're, they're small. They're kind of fragile. 
but they're great eaters. So when you know an animal's story, you just stay right here with me, okay? You know them a little bit more. But I think in knowing the story allows you to live the story more. And every one of us here have a story. But we don't want to be extinct. The photographer in this book was asked several questions in his titled little thing, Saving Animals by Telling Their Stories. I just, I just took the title right from this little article. But I want to read you the closing piece of what he says as we move into the story of our own lives. He is asked by National Geographic, what do you want people to know about the state of life on earth? He said, well, a recent intergovernmental report says that as many as one million species are already on their way to extinction. It's folly to think that we can throw away so much life and not have it affect humanity in a profound and negative way. The biggest question of our time is, will we wake up and act? Or will we stare into our smartphones all the way down to disaster? My goal is to get the public to care about extinction while there's still time to save the planet and everything that lives here. You and I, are part of the process of doing life and living here. And when I think about the story, I think about not only telling the animal story, but what about saving people by telling our story? What about the story that has moved you to have a heart of compassion to love this little animal that is moving you to care for other people, to see them in relationship with the person, Jesus Christ. We all have a story. And I want to share a piece of the core story this morning from the Apostle Paul. And how the Apostle Paul speaks of the person of Jesus in his life, death, burial, and resurrection. It's a story. But it's a story that's alive and it's a story that moves us. That story is just as alive as you're looking at a duck that's on the critical extinction list. It's more alive than that. There's power in both of these stories. We were both moved to see it roll down here in a stroller. And we're moved when we see and recognize that Jesus laid his life out on that cross so that we could have hope. So I want to pick up a story here that the Apostle Paul is on one of his missionary journeys and he goes to Athens, Greece. And while he's there, he's walking through town and he's starting to recognize all these idols. And he recognizes an idol to an unknown God. And he starts to tell the story of who that unknown God is. I want to pick that up in Acts chapter 17, verses 16 through 29. Let's read this story. While Paul was waiting for Silas and Timothy in Athens, 
His spirit was troubled as he saw the whole city worshiping false gods. He talked to the Jews and other people who were worshiping in the Jewish place of worship. Every day he talked with people who gathered in the center of town. Some men from two different groups were arguing with Paul. The one group thought that men might as well get all the fun out of life that they can. The other group thought that wisdom alone makes men happy. Some of them said, this man has lots of little things to talk about. They're not important. What is he trying to say? Others said, he preaches about strange gods. It was because he preached of Jesus and his being raised from the dead. Then they took him to Mars Hill and said, we want to hear of this new teaching of yours. Some of the things that you're telling us are strange to our ears. We want to know what these things mean. The people of Athens and those visiting from the far countries used all their time in talking or hearing some new thing. Then Paul stood up on Mars Hill and said, Men of Athens, I see how very religious you are in every way. As I was walking around and looking at things you worship, I found an altar where you worship with the words written on it to the God who is not known. You are worshiping him without knowing him. He is the one I will tell you about. He tells the story. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of the heaven and earth. He does not live in buildings made by hands. No one needs to care for him as if, needed, if need, he needed anything. He is the one who gives life and breath and everything to everyone. He made from one blood all nations who live on earth. He set the times and places where they should live. They were to look for God. Then they might feel after him and find him because he is not far from each one of us. It is in him that we live and that we move and keep on living. Some of your own men have written, we are God's children. If we are God's children, we should not think of him as being like gold or silver or stone. Such gods made of gold or silver or stone are planned by men and are made by men made by humans. The story of Jesus. As Paul is speaking in Athens to people who are philosophizing and telling all kinds of stories, he says, but here's a story that can rescue you. Here's a story that can move you. Are you fully aware of the God who made the world and everything in it. You and I, this little duck, these wonderful little children, and you and I were children once too. The God of the universe. In your story of faith, your story, are you fully aware of who God is? Are you fully aware of God himself giving you life? Moving in you. We ask for his presence to come here this morning through song and through prayer. 
And now we're reflecting on it and drawing out to speak into our hearts through his word. God is alive. And his story continues through you and through me. And through the story of our extended lives, our families, our children, the extension of this community of faith, its story is about to take the next step. The story of One Hope Community Church. As I've been here for the past few weeks, few times, this is a church that's not on the critical extinction list. And you be thankful because you're living the story. There's revitalization taking place here. There's an opportunity to see things change in the way that you're... You didn't know which chapter this was going to open up with. You've read the books. You've lived the story. You come to the end of that chapter and you go, Oh man, should I read any more? You come to the story in your own self and you say, Oh man, should I attend any more? God's still alive. See, we are the brokenness of humanity. Not the God we serve. So if we want the opportunity to see growth and development, let's get the story on track of serving God with the leadership that he's designed and developed to put here in One Hope Community Church. It's the story that can fill every one of these seats with hope of the God of the universe who gives life and breath, and breathes into us, and challenges us to take the next step in our journey. Maybe you're here today, and you're, you've, you've not reflected really on that time when, for some, we, we come from a church background where we didn't recognize, yes, we're saying, we're saying yes to Jesus and coming to faith, or we're praying the sinner's prayer, or the moment of enlightenment that's like, there, there's a God. There's a God that's moving and changing in my life. For some, it might be that moment that you can recall when you just knelt and you prayed a simple prayer. For others, it could be a process of time that's like, this God is working, and I am really starting to see it happen in my life. I think we need to be open to see how God does that in in numerous people, in so many different ways, but we continue to tell the story of a God who loves us so that we do not become on a critical extinction list. That the faith of Christianity has the power to rescue humanity and do conservation and bring faith and hope back alive to a community of people who want to care and love and have compassion. In the story that Paul is telling, he says that this is the God of the universe. This this isn't a God of these four walls. This isn't a God of how wonderful we could make this facility. This is a God that is moving in you and in me and transforming our hearts to be the people of faith to continue our story. Each of us have that story. Now, are you able to tell your story? 
Because if you want things to grow and things to change, I guarantee you there's folks in this room that are going to listen to a TED Talk. And they're going to give insight and education and wisdom. And you're going to go, oh, I need to do that. Or you're going to have a conference or something at work, or whether it's at school. Or, or you're going to go to some, some men's group or women's group or some clinic or something. And somebody's going to offer some insight. And you're saying, I need to think about doing that. See, you become a lifelong learner and your story has different paragraphs and chapters and it may have started out in an industrial metropolitan community of Detroit and it may wind up on a little tiny 50-acre parcel of ground in in Grant County. You never know your story. I tell people all the time, if you would have asked me four years ago if I would have had a compassion for little ducks like this, if I would have just thought in the wildest idea that I love chickens like I do today, I didn't know that was in my story. What are the things that you're willing to step out in to see your story blossom? To see your story with One Hope Community Church expand. My heart's for you guys. My heart's for the next level of leadership to see the story of One Hope Community Church expand spiritually, physically, financially, in every aspect of how you can be the people of faith and here's the, here's the thing that's so much fun about that is don't expect it to look pretty. Okay? Because when we're going to grow, it's usually because we've got scratches, bumps, and bruises, and we had to, oh, goodness, how do we get out of this muck and mire of the life that seems to pull us down and drown us? Your story. You shared a piece of the story of where the church has once been. But I want to believe and I think that you guys are starting a new chapter. You may actually have closed that book and a whole new one starting to be written. The new story. The new ways of leadership that might come in here. The new people that might come in here and you're going, wait a minute. I've always sat right there. (laughs) Your story just got changed. And your seat too. But for the good. Because wouldn't it be wonderful if you had to sit in in the next five weeks, you had to sit someplace else in this facility every darn Sunday because somebody else sat my seat. Might be something you'd sacrifice a little bit, right? But it'll get messy. Well, I didn't know those people. Did you get a chance to say hi to them? What's their story? What's brought them here? How'd they hear about One Hope? What's, you know, what's, what's the new pastor doing? Who's he calling? How's he doing that? What, we're singing new worship songs. They changed the chairs. He wants the paint color different. They do. I don't know. <laughs> Folks, hold on. Because your story right now is just like you've went to King's Island and you're 
I think the beast is closed, right? No, the beast, one of them is. But here's the drift. When you get on that coaster and it goes click, 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 click. That's where you guys have been. And sometimes when you're looking over and going, why did I get on this? Oh, shoot. Well, you're just about to crest. You have a vote. You have an opportunity to listen to what God's doing in you. And sometimes we don't know the whole stories. And I'll close with this little story. I had the opportunity to care for uh, a woman that was in the Grant County Jail for about six or eight months. Little two pieces of the story. She was my kid's bus driver. I was pastoring the church in Grant County for a while there. And while doing that, there was a bus crash. The bus had dropped off the asphalt. She made the recorrection. It went across both lanes, and the other side of the bus smacked the telephone pole. Pulled the bus right back onto the road and stopped. There's always many sides to a story, and I'm just going to share this piece of the story. So they arrested her, put her in jail. They drug tested her. They searched her home. There was things in her home that was a paraphernalia of drugs. In her blood system, there was nothing in the context that like you were intoxicated or you were overdosed because if you smoke marijuana, which it's legal in some states, that will stay in your system for 30 days. So this individual is in the Grant County Jail. And yes, there's things that are in her system over the past 30 days. But in that moment, there was nothing that she was intoxicated to not take care of herself. If you or I took some painkillers in the last two or three days, they might still be in our system, but we're not experiencing the effects of how they work on our body. And you may be sitting there going, wow, he is really building a defense for somebody who's a drug addict. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm trying to tell the story. Because so much of a landslide came down, it was like 99.9% just take this human and pitch them. Look what they've done to our kids. We're on national news. And all this laundry list. But as I sat every Thursday evening with my Bible open and her talking and sharing her story with me and me sharing the story that she has some tidbits of, had gone to church, she thinks, less than five times in her life. And yet also looking back at pieces of her story 
of thinking how you live this life is from the ages of 8 to 12 involved in high levels of witchcraft. And being a participant offered by her mom as a gift as an 8 to 12 year old girl. That story never made the papers, that portion. The portion of trying to figure out somebody who's trying to make it through this world and has some dysfunction going on way early in the story that allows you not to make, I don't know what the full right decision would be sometimes, but what's a healthy decision to make? I don't know that I always make the right decision because what's the right one? Or what's the, what's the healthy decision and the best one at the moment? And so this young lady, I had the opportunity to go and stand before the judge and share that she was my daughter's bus driver. And that according to your records, she was not intoxicated or inebriated in any way in the morning of that accident. But yes, there's traces of paraphernalia in her system. A side note to that story, the young man that was harmed the most and for the rest of his life, sorry to say, had an assigned seat in the back of the bus, but decided since somebody else didn't ride the bus that day, they jumped up over into another seat around on the bus and they sat there and that's where the impact of the telephone pole came on the side of the bus. That particular seat was my daughter's seat, who was a car rider that day. Now I can turn around and I can say, oh, wow, I'm so grateful. I can turn around and I can look at the other side of that story and go, oh my goodness, look, this young man's life has changed Forever. Story is powerful, and we don't know all of our stories. And so as we learn the next steps and we take the story forward, how do we want to see God work in our story? That's what I want to challenge you with today as a community of faith, as you go forward from here. Let's bow for prayer. If you're here today and you, I think a simple way is I just, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up and if you say, I want God to show up in more of my story. Just slip your hand up and I'm going to ask God to bless that. Lord, you just, you just bless those on the right. Just show up in more of their story, Lord. And those on the left, just show up in more of their story. Lord, I ask that you would fill their minds with dreams and visions of how real you are, that you are the God of the universe. You are the giver of life. We thank you for that. Holy Spirit, we ask that you guide us and direct us and take us into the next chapter. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I know you're going to be here for a piece and do some other things. 
I'll be available up here if anybody wants prayer, if anybody wants to see this, uh, look at this little duck in here, feel free. So, but bless you all. Thank you. Girl, thank you.